Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. It is a sunny Thursday morning in Texas. It is August 20th, and today we are talking about heaven. Thank you so much for making this part of your day. I'm grateful for the time that you take to to learn and to listen, and hope that uh, if you have any questions that you uh, post those in the comments. would love to hear from you. And so thanks again for making this part of your day. And hope that this this podcast, this episode uh, about heaven uh, is something that you learn from and something that gets you excited about your faith. Okay, so a recent poll said that 80% of Americans believe there's a place called heaven, believe in the afterlife, and that the afterlife is a place called heaven. And so we ask, well, what is heaven like? Well, the Bible doesn't really specifically say this is exactly what heaven is like. It gives us some comparisons. It tells us a little bit about heaven. Uh, so that's what we're going to look like look at today. There is no complete picture of heaven in the Bible. There are some that are more complete than others, uh, and we'll get to those. And if you have questions while we're going through them, if you're joining us live, please ask questions. We'd love to hear your comments or what you know what you know about heaven, what you think about heaven. We'd love to hear that uh, in the comments. So so please 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 uh, share your comments and thoughts. Uh, first off, what is he- what is heaven? Well. Psalm 33, verse 13. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. So the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all humankind. So heaven is God's home. Heaven is where God lives. Heaven is, according to Psalm 33, heaven is where God lives. It's God's home. First and foremost, it's important to know that heaven is God's home. That's, that's God's place. That's where God lives. And so heaven is God's home. Uh, second, what Jesus had to say uh, in John 14, starting in verse 2 and verse 3, Jesus said, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also." heaven is God's house. It's my father's house, but there's also going to be a place there for you, a place there for you. So I think the, the, the way I like to think of this, Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son, where the prodigal son leaves home and then just longs to be back home, right? Longs to be welcomed back at his father's house. And so we have this image of a, a ranch or, you know, some kind of villa or whatever, what you know, just this, this big property right, where the Father lives, and there are places for people to live there. And so in this, the, the parable of the prodigal son, the prodigal son just wants to go back there, just wants to be welcomed back there as a servant so that he can live there. And when he comes, he's welcomed back by the Father. The Father runs to meet him and is so excited to see him. I like putting that with this. Uh, and so Jesus says, I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you, and then I will come back for you. Basically, Jesus says, I will come and find you wherever you are. Wherever you are, you are, if you are the prodigal son lost somewhere, I will come and find you, and I will take you there myself. A great image, I think, of of death, of that death is Jesus coming to us, Jesus coming to find us wherever we are and to bring us to where the Father lives, to a place, and a place has been prepared for us, uh, a a place has been set for us at the table, they are expecting us, they're looking forward to seeing us. Uh, The Father's house, 
It was a place with many dwelling places. Uh, other translations say many mansions. And there is a place prepared for you. And I will come myself to get you, to take you there. I think that's a powerful image, especially up against the, the parable of the prodigal son, where the prodigal son is lost, right? And all he wants is to go back home and has to find his own way back home. But the father is waiting uh, on the porch and sees the son far off and runs to him. Well, that's a great image, but that's th- th- Jesus does one better here. I'm going to come find you wherever you are, and I'm going to walk with you back. I am going to guide you back. I am going to bring you back to the place that I have prepared for you. How powerful, how beautiful, how comforting is that? I just absolutely love that imagery. Uh, Okay, what are some other verses? Uh, Hebrews 11, there's two in Hebrews 11 that we'll look at. Uh, Verse 10, Abraham looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So, So heaven is a city built and designed by God. God is the builder. God is the architect. Uh, I think what this is speaking to is not not a city in the way that we think of a city today, but a city in the way that they thought of a city 3,000 years ago or more, where a city, you know, a city was only as, as, as good as its, as its security, right? As its gates, as its walls, you know, a city that was built secure uh, so that it could fend off any attackers, a city that could have trade, a city that was built and, you know, a, a, a secure place, a safe place. And so that's what heaven is. Heaven is a place that is built by God, a secure and safe place. You don't have to worry about attackers. You don't have to worry about plague and famine and all that stuff, right? That This is a city that is built and designed by God, meaning it is a perfect city. Uh, it is a city where people are safe, a city where people have everything that they need. Uh, and then Hebrews eleven sixteen, but as it is, they desired a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. So a a better country, kind of going back to verse 10, that it's a better place to live, a better place to live than, than any place on earth. I mean, to, I mean, it's, it's almost like, uh, sacrilegious to say that there is a place that is better than going to be better than America because we love America so much. But, you know, it's true that heaven is going to be better than anywhere on earth. It is going to be a better country. It is going to be a better place to live. It is going to be a place where there is no need, a place where there um, is food for all and everything. Everybody has something to do and, uh, that, that, you know, everyone will have a place to stay and everyone will be loved and everyone will be valued. And, uh, and so it's a better country. And so, you know, it's, it is God's kingdom. It is God's country. It is God's city. It is God's place. It is God's dwelling place and a place where, um, you know, that it's just going to be a better place to live. Jesus, go back to Jesus. What does he call it? One word. Jesus refers to heaven in one word. Truly, uh, Luke 23, verse 43. He, re- he replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. So for Jesus, one word. Paradise. Heaven is paradise. What is what is your vision of paradise? What is your vision of paradise? What when you think of paradise, what do you think of? Do you think of a beach? Do you think of a hammock on a beach with a drink with a little umbrella in it? Uh, you know, do you, do you think of a eighty-two degrees and sunny with no wind, and no humidity? Do you think of a golf course? Do you think of being on a golf course uh, in the sun setting? What do you think of it? What what is your understanding of paradise? Jesus calls heaven paradise. And so it means 
it's going to be great, right? It's going to be great. We don't know exactly what that means, but we know that it's going to be great. Um, and so I think then the most, the most complete, the most complete vision of heaven that we have comes from Revelation chapter 21, verses 18 through 21. And I'm going to skip through uh, verse 20 here. So John writes, the wall is built of jasper, while the city is pure gold, clear as glass. The foundations of the wall of the city are adorned with every jewel, and the 12 gates are 12 pearls. Each of the gates is a single pearl, and the street of the city is pure gold, transparent as glass. So pearly gates, golden streets, beauty beyond imagination, right? Uh, The most complete picture that we could have of heaven. Now, at that time, the most valuable things were pearls and rubies and all those things and gold, which is still very valuable. And diamond, you know, diamonds are incredibly valuable. Is is that what heaven's going to look like? Is it going to be blinged out, right? Is heaven going to look like a Rolls Royce that has been blinged out with gold and diamonds and all that stuff? Maybe. I don't know. I think, I think what John is trying to say, maybe this is the vision that he had. And maybe the lesson here is that heaven is going to be like nothing we could ever possibly imagine. Never, just never in a million years imagine how great it's going to be, how beautiful it's going to be, what it's going to look like. First Corinthians 2, chapter 9, Paul writes, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even imagine how beautiful it's going to be. It just golden streets, completely pure, clean, gold, pearls, rubies all around us. Is that is that heaven to you? Is that paradise to you? I mean, I don't need it. I don't need streets of streets of gold. I don't need pearl. I don't need all that, right? I just hope there's a golf course, a nice golf course, right? I mean, I don't need. I, do you need that? Is that something you're looking forward to? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Would love to hear your thoughts, but but heaven is going to be something beyond what we could ever imagine. Its beauty is going to be incomparable to anything we've ever seen. It's going to be a place of, of wonder and a place of joy and a place of laughter and a place of fun, and it's not going to be ugly. There we go. So it's not it's not going to look like a a city that's been destroyed. It's going to look beautiful. So I think we can I think we can rest assured in that. Okay, so then the next question is, well, who is in heaven? Who's in heaven, right? That's the logical question. Who's in heaven? And the Bible talks a lot about that. Uh, and we've, we've talked a lot about that in the past on this. So this is the uh, Facebook Live class that I do twice a week, but I also record it as a podcast. And that is under the Grace Abides podcast, Abiding Grace, Grace Abides podcast, right? And you can find that on your iTunes, subscribe, download, review, and share. Uh, if you go back, some of the first ones we did, we did a three, three class uh, series on heaven and hell. And we spent a lot of time talking about who's in and who's out there. So I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Who's in, who's out? What does the Bible say about who's in and who's out? So Grace Abides podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Go on your iPhone, find the podcasts uh, icon app, click on it, search Grace Abides, subscribe, download, review, share. Would appreciate that. But 
what is the, who does the Bible tell us is in heaven right now? Well, Christ is there. That's where Jesus went. Acts 1, verse 11. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go up into heaven. So Jesus is in heaven. Jesus ascended into heaven, right? That's part of the Apostles' Creed. Jesus is in heaven. The Bible tells us that angels are in heaven, that angels are in heaven. So there is a multitude of angels, an uncountable number of heavenly angels uh, serving the Lord in various ways, and they are in heaven. And then we believe the saints of God who died on this earth are in heaven. Those who trusted in Jesus, those who were baptized, those who, those who trusted in God's grace are there. I also think that any child who has died is there. Any child who has died is there. That's my personal opinion. Uh, and then when we talk about who's, well, what about the others? Who's in, who's out? Um, then I would encourage you to go to those other podcasts because that's, uh, again, a three series, uh, three part series, Heaven and Hell. And that talks about more about who's in, who's out. Uh, what does the Bible say and what do we believe? So uh, ne- next question, how long does it take to get to, how long does it take to get to heaven? After we die, how long does it take? There's two schools of thought here. The, the Old Testament thought is that on the day of the Lord, that all the bodies will be raised. And then on, it's judgment day, basically. All the, when you die, you are buried. And on judgment day, your body comes back to life and you are judged and you are welcomed into heaven. Uh, on, that's the day of the Lord or judgment day. Uh, and so Martin Luther, this is what Martin Luther believes. Martin Luther believed that when you died, it was like you went to sleep and you will wake up on judgment day when Jesus returns on the day of the Lord uh, and you'll be judged and you'll be welcomed into heaven. And he's basically said that you're not going to realize that you were asleep because, you know, there was just this period of time. Uh, it could feel like 30 seconds or, you know, 30,000 years, but to you, it's going to be like it happened in the blink of an eye and you're going to wake up like a, like you had a really great nap or a really great sleep. But Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't understand why we don't give more credence to the part where he says today, today you will be with me in paradise. To me, that means when we die that same day, we are with Jesus in paradise. I am of the opinion that heaven is an instantaneous thing, that when we die, when we close our eyes for the last time, take our last breath, our next breath is taken in heaven, and it's an immediate uh, immediate thing. Next question. Get this question a lot. Will we know each other in heaven? Will we know each other in heaven? I, I think this is an important question, and I think it's um, one of those things where we talk about, I want to be with my friends and family. I want to see people who have gone before me. I want to be reunited with people who have gone. Will, so will we know each other in heaven? My my take on it is, my take on it is, I don't think we're going to get to heaven and know less than we know now. I don't think we're going to get to heaven and God's going to take away knowledge that we already have. I think God's going to help us forget the bad, right? Forget the pain, forget the sorrow, forget the suffering. That's going to be that's going to be part of part of a past that that we we kind of remember. But the 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 good things in life, I don't think God's going to take that knowledge away from us. Why would we get to heaven and know less than we know now? Uh, what, I, I just, to me, that doesn't, that doesn't really make sense. I think in heaven there will be no strangers. I think we'll meet new people. Uh, I think we're going to meet our ancestors, people who have gone before us, people who have uh, sacrificed for us, people who have immigrated to, to a new country so that we could have a better life. 
you know, my, my Italian ancestors, my German ancestors, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll meet people. Uh, I'm sure I'll, you know, meet people who have passed down the faith, right? Have passed down the faith to their children, who pass it down to their children, who pass it down to my grandparents, who pass it down to my parents, you know, and I, I think it's going to be a wonderful reunion. And so I absolutely think we are going to know each other uh, and, uh, ex, you know, excited about that reunion. I think it's something that we can look forward to and something we can be comforted by. Uh, so in heaven, will we know each other? I say, absolutely. Absolutely, we'll know each other. The next question, what will we do in heaven? What will we do in heaven? Well, I think there's five main things that we're going to do in heaven uh, as part of the life that God intended for humanity from the beginning. And we can do these five things now, right? We can live the heavenly life right now. So number one is worship. Worship, worship without distraction, Worship without worries, worship without other stuff on our mind. Worship God, be fully present in, in time of worship and, and just be so grateful for God and be so willing to worship God because God is God is worthy, because God is wonderful. And so uh, I would say first and foremost, it's going to be worship. And, you know, worship is part of what we do and who we are as Christians. I think number two is is serve. We're going to serve. I don't think there's going to be a lot of need in heaven, uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of need in heaven, but I think there's still going to be a desire to for God's people to serve. We're going to be serving God. We're going to be serving one another. Uh, and and I, the only way that I could really explain this understanding of service is if you've ever been on like a Via de Cristo weekend or a walk to Emmaus weekend uh, where where others are serving you and being, and it, they're not serving you out of a place of you need me to serve, you need my help. No, they're not doing it that out of that. They're doing, I'm serving you because I want you to feel loved, right? So that's a different understanding of service. I think that's the kind of service that we're going to have in heaven, that we're going to be uh, and do for each other. And that's something we can be and do now, right? I mean, obviously we can help those who need help. It's important to help those who need help. But it's also, there are people in our lives who really don't have a great deal of needs, but we can still serve one just so that they feel loved, right? And I, so I think there's going to be service there. Uh, there's going to be a fellowship, fellowship with, I mean, we're going to be vulnerable with one another. We're going to love one another. I mean, there's going to be community there. There's going to be koinonia, the old Greek word. I mean, it's the God's people will be gathered and there will be fellowship and there will be laughter and we will be there for one another, with one another uh, and together. Uh, I think there's going to be more. Uh, I think we're going to learn more. I think we're going to have questions that we're going to want answered. I think we're going to have, we're going to be confused about things in life and we're, you know, and we're going to learn. We're going to learn from each other and we're going to have opportunities to learn. And, but it's, you know, we're going to remember, we're going to remember the things that we hear and we're going to grow in understanding. And it's going to be the idea of what is it? Uh, enlightenment. First Corinthians 13, Paul writes about seeing kind of through a mirror dimly, but at some point we will see fully. We will have a bigger, better understanding. That's part of heaven. Uh, and, and I think part of heaven is going to be rest. We are going to, there's going to be time, I mean, Sabbath, right? Uh, there's time for Sabbath. We will be resting with one another uh, eternally in peace by flowing waters, right? There will be a time of relaxation, no COVID and lots of hugs. That's perfect. Exactly. Yes. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a great place. There's going to be, you know, worship and service and fellowship and learning and rest and uh, paradise. And it's going to be paradise. It's, uh, it's going to be great. And so uh, that's what the Bible says about heaven. The Bible says a lot about hell too. And again, I have done a three, three part series on that. 
You can find the Grace Abides podcast. Like us, subscribe, uh, download and share and uh, review us. And we would, uh, you know, if you've missed those, would love to um, have you get caught up on that. So any questions, please, please, please comment. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Would love to hear what your vision of heaven is. Um, And uh, we are grateful for this biblical vision of heaven that gives us hope and that gives us comfort. So we'll close with prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for the promise of eternal life. We thank you for preparing a place for us, for uh, surrounding us with people who love us. Uh, And when you do come for us to take us home, Lord, uh, we pray that we would not be afraid, but that we would look forward to it uh, as with excited hearts and be grateful for the peace that you give us uh, now and throughout all of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, have a great day. Thank you for uh, joining me this morning and take good care of yourselves. There will be no classes next week. I will be on vacation. Uh, So I will see you in September. I think that's a song. See you in September. Have a great uh, couple weeks and I will see you September 1st, Tuesday, September 1st. Take care.